Bringing you around the world right from your desktop. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. And welcome to all of you and to Epilepsy Month. I hope that everyone had a wonderful holiday, and I guess this Thanksgiving really kicks the season off for all of us. I have to tell you, I really appreciate all the email we've been receiving, all the phone calls, and your wonderful support. You are great listeners, but you are in for a treat today. Talk about, in my opinion, the star of the show when you talk about epilepsy. It is none other than the author of the Americans with Disabilities Act, chair of the National Epilepsy Foundation, and one of the greatest civil rights leaders in the world today, my friend and the friend to all people with disabilities, former Congressman Tony Quella. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Joyce. Thank you very much. My mother would love hearing you say that. Well, I mean every word of it. We all do. And, and before we start, I just want to say on behalf of all people with disabilities, thank you for what you did authoring the Americans with Disabilities Act because that's the reason we have freedom today. So thank you. You're welcome. As, as you well know, uh, that particular act is the law of the land now in uh, 52 different countries. So I think it's really exciting to not only see it uh here in the United States and the difference that it's made, but that it is now uh, uh, effective in so many different countries and uh, the U.N. is considered as part of its charter and so forth. So, you know, here's another American idea that is caught on and for the right reason. So it's exciting to be part of that effort. Well, we thank you for what you did, and I know that I feel personally blessed that I know you and that you came into my life, and I'll talk about that later on. But first, since we have so many listeners throughout the world and this show has really taken on such a great listening audience, I thought it would be great if we could start by telling our listeners about your very first experience with epilepsy, even though I know at that time you didn't know what it was. Could you talk about what happened to you for a few minutes? Sure, Joyce. Well, I was around uh, 16 years old, and I was uh, on my family's dairy farm and was in a pickup truck uh, traveling down a canal bank in the middle of the farm, and uh, the pickup uh, truck was speeding. You note that I say the pickup was speeding. I wasn't speeding. And uh, it overturned in the canal, and when it overturned, I hit my head on the dashboard. And uh, luckily, luckily for me, the passenger side uh, window was rolled down, and I floated out of the passenger side. And I had hit my head, and I had a uh, severe headache. Uh, but as I came out, I uh, uh, was concerned uh, but the other end of my anatomy because <laughs> I had totaled the pickup. So mm-hmm. I knew what my dad would do. He would not be very happy with me. Um, and so I, uh, sure enough, we were on this dairy farm, poor. Uh, we didn't have a doctor. We didn't go to a doctor. Uh, the headache uh, lasted for a while. Uh, 
and uh, about a year later, I'm in the barn milking, and all of a sudden, the next thing I know, I wake up, and I'm in the uh, bedroom, and there is a doctor sitting on me, and I had uh, been convulsing, and uh, I didn't know what it was. My family was obviously frightened when I woke up. I I couldn't speak, and uh, so I was frightened. And when I asked what it was, when I finally was able to speak, uh, they said they didn't know, and the doctor had left, and uh, they were quite secretive about it. Uh, I uh, rested. I was exhausted. Um, I rested, slept the rest of the day, got up, got out of milking cows the rest of the day, so that was good. And uh, then the next morning I went back to milking cows, and uh, within uh, uh a few days, I had another seizure, went to other doctors. Uh, they all supposedly said the same thing they didn't know. Um, my family said, oh, they thought it might be lack of calcium, lack of this, lack of that. They were all told that it was epilepsy. My, my parents were told by all these doctors epilepsy, but they refused to tell me. And the reason they did, which they, of course, didn't tell me, was that uh, they were from Portuguese ancestry, and they believed that, uh, what the Catholic Church had taught, and that was that if you had epilepsy, it meant you were possessed by the devil. Now, I want all the listeners to know that I was then, I am today, a, a very devout Catholic, so this has uh, nothing to do with my current uh, religious beliefs. But um, uh, they believed that I was possessed by the devil, and they didn't want uh, people to know because with uh, with my family, they thought that God was punishing the family because somebody in our family had committed a very bad uh, sin and that God was punishing the family and that my seizures was basically to let everybody know that uh, somebody in the family had committed this sin and this was a way of people knowing. So they were living with the guilt um, and I was the mechanism for people to know that uh, the family was a bad family. Now, that's a heck of a burden for a family to have, and for me to be the unwitting vehicle of it was was bad. Uh, So I continued to have my seizures, uh, continued to go to doctors, uh, not knowing what it was, and after a bit, uh, I then started going to witch doctors. And that was a scary experience as a 17-year-old, going to these... uh, uh, little poor houses, uh, the lights turned down, um, laying on uh, a, a bed or a couch and pouring uh, with candles lit, uh, uh, incense generally, uh, pouring hot oil on your head and on your chest uh, uh, and uh, having you drink herbal teas, uh, uh, the witch doctor praying, in some strange tongues, uh, and uh, and going from witch doctor to witch doctor because the seizures continued. And finally, my saying that I didn't believe uh, in the witch doctors and I wouldn't go after the third one. But it was a scary time for a 17, 18-year-old. And uh, then I finally uh, graduated from high school and went to college and continued to have my seizures uh, not knowing what they were and believing that there was no way of knowing because I'd went to the gone to these doctors, medical doctors, and went to these witch doctors, and nobody knew what they were. 
But you know what? I'd have these seizures. I'd pass out. Uh, and after I rested, uh, I was able to continue on. I was, I got good grades. I was outstanding uh, senior in high school and college and student body president. And uh, I had these so-called passing out spells. Uh, but uh, other than that, I, I functioned. Unbelievable. You know, thinking about how would a young person feel when they're made to think, you know, that, that part about God's punishing the family and, and you, are, you are the person that's punishing them. You know, there's something wrong with you, and that's an example. That's how God's showing the family. What a burden to carry. Then add on top of that being a young person and going to a witch doctor. That's terrible. Yeah, and I, I always joke, uh, Joyce, uh, when I speak around the country or, or internationally when I speak, I always say that my Republican friends know I'm possessed, but to have your family think you're possessed is a little different. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, uh, well, I will tell you, speaking about those friends, Congressman Steny Hoyer, uh, I spoke to him yesterday, and he always you know, speaks so highly of you, Tony, and the work that you're doing. Well, he's a great friend, as you know, um, yes. a wonderful friend. And he, too, has helped in the area of epilepsy. Yes. He, uh, you know, he had uh, his wife died a few years ago, but uh, Judy had epilepsy. She was on the national board. He obviously uh, knows all about epilepsy, is very close to our movement, and has been uh, a tremendous help to the Epilepsy uh, Foundation, the Epilepsy Movement. Uh, because of him, the National Institute of Health, uh, uh, and the CDC and so many other uh, federal agencies are now helping out the epilepsy movement with federal funds. But uh, Steny Hoyer is responsible for getting these agencies to recognize that uh, epilepsy uh, is a major uh, disorder uh, that uh, needs to have federal assistance just like a lot of other uh, disorders, and uh, he's been responsible for getting NIH to to be of help. So we, we owe Steny a tremendous amount, and he is uh, my my best friend in the Congress. So uh, I, uh, I I love the guy. He's really a, a wonderful, wonderful human being. Yes, he is, and we, we too know as people with disabilities how much he's done for us. But we're going to go to break. What a story. When we come back, I'm going to have Tony tell more about that story because it is so riveting. Hearing this whole story every time just reminds me of what a great person Congressman Tony Quello is and why I'm so lucky to know him. You're listening to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender, America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Don't go away. We'll be right back with Tony Quello. The world leader in Internet talk radio. You're listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. I'm Garcelle Beauvais-Nylon. When I played a DA on NYPD Blue, I got all the facts before trying a case. Yet many don't know the facts about epilepsy. There are two and a half million Americans with the condition, and one in ten Americans will have a seizure in their lifetime. People with epilepsy want to lead normal lives, But too many of us don't know what epilepsy is or what to do if someone has a seizure. 
To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org or call 1-800-332-1000. Albert Einstein once said, Nothing happens until something moves. Will your movement towards realizing a dream, making a long-lasting change to your life, or simply putting a daily smile on your face is just a click away. Tune into Maximizing Life with Scott Chesney and free your mind, open your heart, and ignite action in your life. Host and commander in change, empowerment coach, and international speaker, Scott Chesney shares his insights to making the most out of your daily lives. Scott interviews people who are maximizing their lives, the most recognizable transformationalists, and leaders around the world, as well well as those hometown heroes that move, touch, and inspire the best in all of us. Stay tuned into Maximizing Life for Scott's one-on-one coaching with callers. Maximizing Life with Scott Chesney broadcasts each Monday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Maximizing Life with Scott Chesney, inspiring you to live life with passion, purpose, and limitless potential. Go beyond success and discover a deeper meaning to life. Join host Jeffrey Gitterman and his guests, the premier thought leaders in business, politics, science, spirituality, and culture, who have reached the pinnacle of financial and professional attainment in their fields, only to discover a profound lack of fulfillment with what our culture defines as success. So won't you tune in every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time to Jeffrey Gitterman and Beyond Success, redefining the meaning of prosperity, right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. The powerhouse of Internet Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com. If you have a question or comment, call in toll free at 1 866 472 5788. Now, please welcome back the host of Disability Matters. Here's Joy Spender. And welcome back to the show. And what a great show because as we are celebrating Epilepsy Month, we have as our guest the author of the Americas with Disabilities Act former Congressman Tony Quello, who also, by the way, was the chairman of the President's Committee on Employment of People with Disabilities, reporting to President Clinton, and is now the national chair of the Epilepsy Foundation. Tony, a question that I wanted to ask you is that, you know, you deal, we all deal, you just talked about it, you talked about what you went through with how your family was ashamed, you know, that you have you were a person with epilepsy. In your opinion, where does this stigma come from? Well, Joyce, it goes back, you know, hundreds of years. Uh, and over the uh, years, epilepsy has been considered uh, uh, a disorder of the genius or disease of the genius. Uh, and then, of course, it's uh, been considered a... A, a negative. So uh, it's uh, we've been on the short end and on the long end of this. Uh, but basically, a lot of it has to do, like, uh, canon law was established uh, on epilepsy in 400 A.D. when it was included and said that uh, if you had epilepsy or possessed by the devil, you couldn't be a Catholic priest. Um, that's you know, people over the years tied the two together. That's what my parents uh, reacted to. Um, that's what a lot of uh, priests over the years have reacted to. Um, and uh, so you go back to 400 A.D., um, and it became a negative. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and don't forget, uh, a lot of uh, 400 A.D., a lot of people 
weren't educated then, uh, so uh, the, the worst uh, came out. And uh, so instead of uh, people being educated and then being educated about uh, the disorder, of course it was the negative. So it's understandable how this occurred, and uh, consequently we've had to live with it. And there's a lot of cultures where this is the case, uh, all those where the Catholic Church is the dominant religion, it's a problem. Uh, but you take in uh, the black community, it's a problem. And uh, any any religion that uh, believes in any type of spirits, uh, the Asian community, there's a, a book written by a Hmong person about a young three-year-old uh, who had epilepsy and they thought uh, she was possessed. The whole book is about this young person. And the young person was uh, born and raised in my old congressional district. And in the book, they referenced me, how they came to me and prayed uh, uh, to me uh, to try to help me get rid of the evil spirits. Uh, but, the um, you know, it, it's with a lot of cultures. It's, uh, it's a sad, sad thing. And, and that's why it's so difficult to get people to talk openly about it, why it's so difficult today for us to get people to be open, up front about their epilepsy so that we can get it out of the closet and and, uh, it isn't so secretive and quiet and so forth. Um, And the stigma, what people don't appreciate, uh, hurts young people so much. Uh, The whispers, the negative things people say, and uh, one of the reasons I'm so aggressively involved with young people in the epilepsy movement and trying to start these things, which I'm sure we'll get into later. But uh, it's got to, you know, we got to help our young people move beyond the stigma uh, so that uh, when they're older that this stigma isn't there. In my lifetime, I want to do something positive in regards to this so it isn't as prevalent, it isn't as pervasive uh, uh, as it is uh, today or as it was uh, when I was growing up. Well, you have already done so much. You know what? I mean, if you're listening to the show right now, if any of you could do just one little minuscule part of what this man does and has done in his life, you would do so much. Tony is the example of the difference that one person can make in this world today. And, Tony, talking about that, for example, you were the author of the greatest piece of civil rights legislation over the past few decades, you know, since the Civil Rights Act of 1964, in your opinion, what do you believe are the greatest accomplishments of the Americans with Disabilities Act? I think, Joyce, if, you know, I tell people all the time, uh, you know, just go out on the uh, street corner in any city in America and, and watch uh, the people use curb cuts. You know, the, um, you know, sure, it's some people in, in uh, wheelchairs, but if you watch, it's uh, uh, older people uh, who it's easier to get on the sidewalks with the curb cuts. It's young mothers and fathers uh, with their children and on strollers. Uh, it's uh, delivery men and women taking uh, uh, goods for sale at uh, the small businesses. So the small businesses benefit the sale, the delivery men and women benefit from using the curb cuts. 
um, it is uh, the messengers that have to uh, take uh, these messages to uh, these uh, uh, businesses and so forth. Yes, it's young people in their rollerblades, roller skates, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but if you go to a uh, street corner, uh, you'll see hundreds and hundreds of people using these curb cuts besides people with disabilities. And uh, uh, if you just do that, you, you'll see the significant change that, that has taken place. Uh, if you go to, uh, if you get a job, you're going for a job, you know, no longer is there a long list of uh, disorders diseases on a job application. They can't ask you that. Uh, you know, when I was uh, looking for a job and got denied uh, everything, I had to check the box that I had epilepsy. That's no longer true. It's illegal today to do that. Uh, but all these things have uh, uh, gone into place now that we take for granted. Um, and so many changes, uh, so many things today 1990, when this was signed into law on July 26th of 1990, when this was signed into law on July 25th, if you were in a wheelchair, uh, a movie theater could deny you access because you could be a fire hazard. If you were going into a, to a restaurant, you could be denied access because they said, you know, the waiters and waitresses didn't have time to explain to you what was on the menu uh, if you were sight impaired. Uh, today, nobody can deny you access if you're in a wheelchair at a movie theater or uh, hearing uh, sight impaired at a restaurant. But all these things were occurring in uh, 1990. Uh, that's not that long ago. That's You're talking about 16 years ago. And so uh, in a very short period of time, life has changed for those of us uh, with disabilities. There are and a lot so, of people yeah, working today who didn't work and couldn't work. Correct. Uh, but they're working today. Yeah, and just as you said, when you're watching TV and you see closed caption, all of these things, from the so many things, a result of the Americans with Disabilities Act, but absolutely that you should be hired because of your ability, period. Right. And, and that is so wonderful what you did. Tony, we have a question for you from a Richard in Georgia. And the question is, uh, Mr. Quello, first of all, thank you for everything you've done. Thank you for the Americans with Disabilities Act. Thank you for everything you're doing to help people with epilepsy. My question is twofold. First, did you ever think as a young person when you dealt with all this rejection that you would be writing such a great piece of law as the ADA? And part two to my question is, did you ever consider having a TV show on CNN? Uh, the answer to number one is no. I um, At first, uh, in my story, because of the rejection, I was suicidal at one point. Never thought, uh, uh, never knew what I could do. I uh, couldn't get a job, and, and I was rejected by family and by my church and, and everything else. Um, and then I got, uh, I was very fortunate, uh, and I got an opportunity uh, uh, to live with Bob Hope, and he suggested I go into politics, and he said that I felt strongly I had a ministry and that a ministry in politics was the, the best way to, to, uh, to help people and to change people's lives. And he was absolutely right. Um, 
and that's how I got started, and things uh, just happened to me, and uh, the good Lord uh, made such a big difference uh, in my life and provided me with so many different wonderful opportunities to to impact people, and and I quite honestly, Joyce, uh, every day is exciting to me because I have no idea uh, what tomorrow will bring, and so many different things have, have happened in my life. I'm 64, and I'm still excited about what's going to happen uh, tomorrow or next year because it's always different, new, and exciting. Um, so uh, I never expected to be able to write the ADA, and if we have time, I can give some stories about uh, advocacy and how strongly I feel about speaking up and speaking out and and being willing to make a difference even if you end up maybe uh, offending some people for speaking out because I really believe firmly that you got to speak up. Uh, but uh, I've been very fortunate in my life, uh, very, very fortunate uh, to be able to do the, the things that, uh, that I've done. I am on uh, TV a lot, on CNN and uh, uh, the networks and Fox and MSNBC and so forth. So I do a lot of that. Uh, as far as the show, it, you know, it would be interesting at some point, but I'm so busy and so involved in so many things in the business world um, and a lot of activities on, on the disability community that I just don't really have time. But, you know, at some point when I get a little older, maybe something on CNN would be exciting. Yeah, you know what? That's a great idea. There, that would be a great talk show. That would be really absolutely great. Although I'll say this, if you're not hiring people with disabilities and you're a CEO, I'd really be nervous going on that talk show. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we're going to take a break right now. You have been listening to the fantastic and wonderful Tony Quello, author of the Americans with Disabilities Act, former congressman, and really a civil rights leader. We'll be right back. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice on VoiceAmerica.com. Don't go away. From our home to your speakers, VoiceAmerica.com. I'm Garcelle Beauvais-Nylon. When I played a DA on NYPD Blue, I got all the facts before trying a case. Yet many don't know the facts about epilepsy. There are two and a half million Americans with the condition and one in ten Americans will have a seizure in their lifetime. People with epilepsy want to lead normal lives, but too many of us don't know what epilepsy is or what to do if someone has a seizure. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org or call 1-800-332-1000. Ever wonder what are the favorite travel destinations of the Hollywood Jet Set? Where do celebrities like to go when they aren't walking the red carpet? Tune in to Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk with President of Traveris, David Manning, and Lisa O'Hurley, golf aficionado and wife of actor John O'Hurley. On Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk, David and Lisa talk with well-known actors, sports celebrities, and entertainment insiders to find out about their favorite travel destinations and what they recommend. On Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk, David and Lisa also offer up feature vacations each week and last-minute deals for your next getaway. Away. Find out what's new and exciting in the travel industry, as well as how to raise money for your nonprofit organizations while enjoying a wonderful vacation. 
Travera Celebrity Travel Talk with David Manning and Lisa O'Hurley broadcasts each Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Travera Celebrity Travel Talk, your inside look into celebrities and travel. Join Patricia Raskin, host of Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com, Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call in to Positive Living, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on VoiceAmerica.com. Bringing you around the world, right from your desktop. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. And welcome back to the show as we are celebrating Epilepsy Month in the United States with former Congressman Tony Quello, author of the Americans with Disabilities Act, chairman of the President's Committee on Employment of People with Disabilities. And we have a caller on the line. John, are you on the line? I am on the line, Joyce. And isn't it ironic I'm talking about the President's Committee? It is. It yes. is. Well, you know, I always tune into your show, Joyce, and uh, when I heard... Uh, uh, Tony's voice and uh, my old boss, the chairman of the old President's Committee, uh, I just figured I had to call him with a good question. All right, before you ask that question, this is John Lancaster, a really great man and great leader in this country, the head of Nickel. He, too, if you go to my website or Voice America, just go to the archives and you can listen to any of the shows John Lancaster has been on. John, go ahead, please. Thanks, Joyce. Uh, Tony, how are you, sir? Great. Nice yeah. to hear your voice, John. It's great to have you on. Yeah, I'm, I've been uh, enjoying the show and your comments, particularly those uh, related to the Americans with Disabilities Act. And uh, um, as well as I know you, and as much as we've talked about the ADA, one thing that I don't ever think I've heard you really talk about specifically is the difference that you think the ADA has made for individuals with epilepsy and and also other individuals who have uh, so-called hidden disabilities. And then the second part of my question is uh, uh, maybe somewhat related to that. Are there any changes or improvements that you think could be made in the uh, ADA? John, as you probably know, uh, the Supreme Court uh, has ruled that uh, those people have uh, a term that I've never uh, heard of legally before. Uh, those people have episodic disabilities, such as people with seizures. Uh, uh, the Supreme Court uh, ruled that that was not it was not the intent of the Congress to cover us, um, and uh, so as a result of that, the lower courts have been very tough on it. Uh, it, I find it ironic because as uh, as one who uh, was the original author of the ADA, uh, it seems like, you know, they're saying that I was rather stupid because I didn't tend to cover myself, which uh, obviously is erroneous. Um, but uh, we're in the process of rewriting it. Uh, uh, Congressman Sensenbrenner of uh, Wisconsin, Steny Hoyer of, of Maryland, uh, and Congressman Conyers, John Conyers of uh, Michigan, 
uh, introduced legislation uh, just before the election uh, that would uh, uh, change the uh, the words or reinforce the words to make sure that the ADA uh, was clear that it did intend to cover uh, these uh, uh, episodic uh, disabilities. And so hopefully the Congress will pass that soon. And generally what happens is that if the Congress does this, the courts uh, honor that uh, interpretation. So we'll see, uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, but I think that in regards to your, your first part of your question, that those of us with, with epilepsy, uh, all of us benefit when the, the community uh, benefits. And when you have a situation where uh, the word epilepsy is not on a job application, uh, when uh, people, when they're hiring, can't ask if you uh, have, have epilepsy, uh, and generally, uh, when you have that type of atmosphere uh, in the hiring process, it helps those of us with epilepsy, definitely, but it helps all of us. Um, and I think that you, you start right there. But secondly, uh, you've heard me say, John, that I think that the most important thing that the ADA does is that it tells the the world community, uh, Americans in particular, uh, that those of us uh, with uh, disabilities uh, have rights and uh, there to uh, grant us our basic rights. Before the ADA, uh, they didn't have to uh, honor our basic rights, but now they have to. But more importantly, it tells those, those of us with disabilities uh, our hidden disabilities or people with physical disabilities or cognitive disabilities, uh, that uh, we all have our rights. And that gives us, uh, you know, um, a good feeling, a strong feeling about the fact that our system recognizes us and, and encourages us to speak out and speak up about our rights. Uh, and and makes us uh, aware of the fact that that uh, we have uh, the legal right to uh, go to court to make sure that people people grant us those rights uh, just like anybody else. John, you've heard me say many times that that uh, those of us with disabilities uh, want the the right to be fired uh, because if we don't have the right to be fired. Uh, we don't have the right to be hired. We want the right to fail because if we don't have the right to fail, we obviously don't have the right to succeed. And that's really what the ADA is all about, uh, is uh, gives us these very, very basic rights. So those of us uh, with epilepsy, those of us with these so-called hidden disabilities, uh, benefit from this tremendously uh, in every way, but uh, and probably more importantly, we benefited. We benefit from it uh, personally and psychologically, uh, just like anybody else with a disability. Thanks, Tony. And uh, you can count on the National Council on Independent Living support in your efforts with Congressman Stenenbrenner and others to uh, uh, to fix that uh, definitional issue 
uh, within the Americans with Disabilities Act. Thanks. Thank you, John. And, John, thank you, and we'll look forward to having you on next year. Keep up the great work you're doing at Nickel. Thanks, Joyce. Have a good day. You too. And, um, wow, he is such a great person. I mentioned President's Committee because he was running the President's Committee on Employment of People with Disabilities, and Tony was the chairman. Yeah, I tell you, he was uh, was uh, a wonderful leader for uh, the committee, uh, day in, day out. Uh, tremendous, tremendous uh, uh, person, became a very, very close personal friend. Tremendous. Yes, he is really a great person, a great American. I think we have another caller on the line. Judy, are you on the line? I am on the line, Joyce. How Judy, are you? Judy, welcome to the show. Well, Judy thank Tainer. you so much. How Hello, are you? Tony Coelho. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? Great. Uh, and, uh, and, excuse me, always, and Judy I'm is the executive director of the Epilepsy Foundation of Western and Central Pennsylvania, which, of course, is fantastic, and was just on the show a couple weeks ago with Alan Fanica. Yes. Judy, thank you for calling in. Go ahead. Uh, well, I want to thank you both uh, for the privilege of working with both of you over the years. And... Uh, and uh, I, one of the things that I wanted to bring up, I have been working uh, for the Epilepsy Foundation for almost 19 years now and uh, um, answering the phones every day and talking to people, parents, uh, people with epilepsy. And uh, I've noticed the change in the uh, national office over the years. You both, uh, Tony, you and Joyce have made, I think, a huge difference in, in the composure and the vision of uh, the epilepsy movement and uh, are willing to speak out as so many people have not before. And I was wondering, uh, Tony, when you were growing up, obviously there was not an epilepsy foundation or uh, any support system there for you or your parents to go to to learn more about what epilepsy is and is not. And as you were... Uh, you know, you became very successful in life. Were you aware of the fact that there was a organization that existed? When did you become involved with it? Um, and you've done so many things as far as the youth council is concerned, and and uh, hopefully we'll be doing things with seniors uh, along the line also because there's so much. They have so many prejudices. I was just wondering, how did you become involved and? Uh, and decide to, to speak out about it. Uh, thank you, Judy. I mean, I, I uh, for your for the listeners, Joyce. Uh, I think uh, they those who may not have heard when Judy was on with Alan Fanica. Alan is uh, starting guard for the Pittsburgh Steelers, who has epilepsy and has been willing to speak up and speak out uh, about his epilepsy. Those of you who aren't football fans, uh, uh, the guard position is one of the toughest positions uh, uh, on a professional football team. And so to have a, a starting guard uh, have it, have seizures, have epilepsy, admit to it, and to be willing to speak up is a tremendous asset. So uh, uh, those of us in the epilepsy movement appreciate uh, Judy and working with Alan to, to be public about it and to be so uh, positive uh, and uh, helping those of us in the movement. So we thank you, Judy, very, very much. Uh, well, thank you. Se- secondly, in regards to uh, growing up uh, with my uh, epilepsy, no, my family did not know anything about uh, epilepsy except the myths, and, of course, there was no organization. 
in California, in the rural part of California where we grew up, and there was, uh, at those days, no national organization. And uh, as I grew up, uh, I knew of uh, nothing. And I didn't get involved with the national organization until I moved to Washington uh, when I became a staffer for a congressman and contacted the national office, and uh, they weren't interested. I offered uh, help. Uh, they weren't interested and sort of blew me off. Uh, Ooh, I wish you had called me. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Go ahead. And uh, you were too young in those days. Uh, and, <laughs> I'm not that uh, much younger than you. The, uh, and <laughs> so, but, you know, I, I have epilepsy, so, it, you know, I'm sure the people I talked to didn't have epilepsy, so it didn't make any difference to them. Uh, and... Uh, and then uh, much later when uh, I was uh, elected to Congress, uh, the, some, the people that were involved with the epilepsy movement at that point, an uh, individual by the name of Bill Macklin, who was the president, uh, contacted me, um, and I then got very involved with the foundation, and they were extremely helpful, and I uh, uh, did a lot of things with them, raised money with them, and so forth, and and then uh, uh, that's when I then wrote the the ADA, and uh, one of the staff people uh, worked with me then, Liz Savage, uh, worked with me in, in uh, not only helping draft it, but then when we worked to get it adopted, Liz became uh, one of the principal staffers and uh, getting the legislation adopted. So I worked very, very closely uh, with the foundation and, and raised money for my own personal fund. It was called Yes, I Can uh, Fund. And uh, and then I transferred the money that I had raised to the Epilepsy Foundation at that point. Um, so uh, the, the relationship, Rocky at first, very solid, and, and it's been solid for many years. And, and I think we have a, a very, very strong uh, uh, national uh, foundation staff and uh, uh, some real great uh, affiliate uh, operations across the country and wonderful uh, affiliate staff uh, with Judy being one of the best we have, as everybody knows, and uh, but some wonderful, wonderful uh, uh, affiliate staffs across the country that really, really support uh, those of us uh, with epilepsy and their families and, and the doctors across the country uh, that... Um, uh, that help us uh, with epilepsy. In regards to the foundation itself, uh, I'm the second person with uh, epilepsy who has been chair, uh, and uh, we now have adopted a, a provision that uh, every other chair uh, should be a person with epilepsy, and uh, hopefully that uh, will occur as we keep moving along. Uh, and as long as I'm involved, I'm going to try to make sure that happens. Uh, but... Uh, it is, uh, I think, really exciting to see uh, young people with epilepsy now move into uh, positions of advocacy and leadership and so forth. We've started a national youth council, uh, just started in the last uh, month. Uh, we had nominations from all the different uh, affiliates, chapters of the Epilepsy Foundation, um, and we now have 12 members of this uh, youth council. National Youth Council. We're going to be setting up state youth councils throughout the country, uh, and they're setting up uh, uh, websites and all these different things to have their own chat rooms and to 
be able to advocate in the states and local levels and national level and and to do things uh, uh, for themselves. I mean, I, I really think that the way to get uh, the epilepsy movement uh, really going and becoming really vibrant is through our young people. So I'm really excited about what our young people can do. And so we're trying to get each affiliate to have their own youth council and, and really make a big difference. So this is a really a, one of my pet initiatives that I'm really working on. And then we've got uh, the AARP is working with us now very aggressively through an induction I've made uh, with the Epilepsy Foundation and the AARP and some work with them because the fastest-growing percentage-wise uh, group of people with epilepsy is the elderly. And so we're trying And we're to, going to be elderly one of these days. We all are going to be, whether we like it or not. <laughs> uh, Hopefully. And so uh, this is uh, one of the groups because you can get epilepsy at, at any age. And right. so... Uh, this is uh, what's taking place. So this is exciting, a lot of good things happening. So it's wonderful, and I appreciate your questions, Judy. Well, and I appreciate everything you're doing. And, uh, I, you know, it, it's a long road, but I think we've made great strides over the years, you know, with the ADA and, and, um, and some of the things that we're going. And I'm very excited about the future of the organization and, and certainly excited about the opportunity of people with seizures. So, uh, again, I want to thank both of you for everything that you do and uh, look forward to seeing you again soon. Thank you, Judy. You Judy, we're proud to have you in Pennsylvania and we're proud to have you in the national organization. Thanks. Uh, thank you for calling in, Judy. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, and I think we have another caller on the line. Hello, do we have a Debbie on the line? Yes, you do. Oh, Debbie, Debbie, how are you doing? I'm fine. How are you, Joy? Oh, good, Debbie, one of my other favorite people from Rochester, New York. Debbie, Debbie how are you? Tony, I'm wonderful. How are you? Just great. Just great. Super. Great to hear. Great to hear both your voices, my friends. Um, I have a question for you, Tony. I actually have a twofold. You know me. Um, one is... Obviously, you are, are coming around to almost two years now as the chair of the National Epilepsy Foundation. Um, what is your own personal accomplishment, Tony, that you feel that you um, have done for those living with epilepsy? And what is the main focus moving forward in advocating for those living with epilepsy? Well, uh, first off, for those of us with epilepsy, uh, you know, the ADA, uh, not only epilepsy, but all of us with disabilities, the ADA is uh, uh, the most significant thing that I think I've been able to do. Um, but in regards to epilepsy itself, uh, one thing that that uh, I feel very, very strong about is trying to get all of us in the movement to realize uh, that we're one family and that uh, we should all be working together, helping each other out, and uh, that... Uh, if you're from Rochester, New York, or Los Angeles, California, or Pittsburgh, uh, Pennsylvania, uh, that we're all working together um, and that we should be helping each other be stronger mm-hmm. and and not uh, uh, little separate units, but that we're all one big family. And this is something that I've uh, pushed and advocated from day one of my chairmanship and, and it will be until uh, my chairmanship is over with in the middle of uh, this coming year. Um, but I think trying to bring people together, work together, uh, instead of bellyaching about uh, little negatives, is to try to, uh, when you have little problems, 
is do what a family does, uh, sit down and resolve the problem because uh, what is important to the family is much more uh, important than some little dispute or some little problem. And that when there's a problem, it's a great opportunity for the family to work that out and come together. For example, when Katrina came along, uh, instead of saying, well, I feel sorry for those people in Louisiana and Mississippi, uh, what the whole family did is that we came together and we uh, raised some money and helped the uh, people in uh, the affected areas. Uh, uh, they lost everything. Uh, we helped the offices in regards to computers and some other stuff. Uh, we got uh, uh, UCB Pharmaceutical to help us with drugs. Uh, we just got all kinds of people to come together and help uh, those people who were impacted uh, because of the floods as opposed to uh, just uh, saying, I'm sorry. That isn't enough. It's, mm-hmm. it's important to be sorry, but when a family member gets hurt, it's important to reach out and really help besides just words. And that's what we did. Uh, we've had a couple of affiliates that have, have suffered because they have had problems. So we've jumped in and we've tried to help those affiliates and we're helping them become stronger. Um, and that's what a family does. So I think that's important. I, but I really think that the most important thing that I can do in my two years is uh, really get this youth initiative moving where we're really aggressively getting young people engaged and involved. Uh, they're the answer to uh, the epilepsy movement. Uh, the more young people will take hold of this, the more young people we can get on our local uh, boards, the more young people we can get on our national board, the more people with epilepsy who will serve on these boards, the more people with epilepsy who become our uh, national office holders, the more people with epilepsy uh, who take charge of their future, uh, who are willing to speak out and be involved, uh, we're going to get rid of stigma. Uh, we will make a difference. So uh, we will turn this around. So really getting the involvement and the engagement of, of young people is critical to uh, getting rid of stigmas, critical to the future of our movement. And that's my number one uh, initiative, my number one commitment. We've made some uh, good progress. Uh, we need uh, it's a question of keeping it rolling. Uh, my chairmanship expires uh, middle of next year, but uh, I'm past chair for two years on the board, uh, so I will devote still a lot of my time to the youth initiative as past chair. Uh, and then I'm on the board another couple years, and I will still maintain a lot of interest in the youth initiative. But I don't think with the young people we have engaged right now, uh, Elizabeth Goldberg is the chair of the effort. Uh, with the, Elizabeth, who just graduated from college, I think with her enthusiasm and drive and the other 11 people that we have on the board, I don't think I need to do uh, much. I just think I need to be able to you know, provide encouragement and help. And I think uh, with their enthusiasm and their firepower, uh, this thing is going to take off and uh, it's going to be a great thing to look back on four years from now and say, amen, that's the way we want it to happen. That sounds wonderful, Tony. Absolutely wonderful. And you and Joyce both. Um, you both have done so much for people with disabilities, and, and I look forward to working with us um, here in our own affiliate. I think it's going to be wonderful. Thank and, you, Debbie. Thank and, you very and, much. Yes, and you too have done so much, Debbie. I think you are just a dynamo, 
Uh, just for a minute, do you want to tell them again the full name of your affiliate? Epilepsy Foundation of Rochester, Syracuse, and Binghamton. And you have a wonderful party every year. It we is do. Ball. The Chocolate Ball in February every year. It's going to be our 21st year. And 21 was, years. Let me tell you what. Years. The people at this organization, at this affiliate, are all first class. And if you are in that area listening to the show and you have, have epilepsy or know someone that does and have not contacted them, you know, what a mistake that would be because they have a great organization. Make sure you get in. What, what is your website, Debbie? It's www.epilepsy-uny.org. Okay, you got it. Debbie, have a wonderful holiday. Thank you. Same to both of you. Thank you for calling in. Uh-huh. Take care. Thank you, Debbie. Bye-bye. Well, Tony, how did I know that with you the one hour would seem like two minutes? Well, it really has gone. I didn't notice. Wow. Yes, it does go so quickly. But I do want to ask you before we go a couple last questions. Um, first, I want to mention that Doro Bush-Cook, in her new book, My Father, My President, mentioned you uh, and talked about you on the radio show. And she talked about her father and how there were many people opposed to him signing the ADA, many conservatives, but that he did not waver. He still went forward and signed the ADA um, and I know that you you know him very well. Do you want to comment at all about him? Yes, I think he's a wonderful man, and I think history will judge him uh, for a lot of things, but I think one of the things it will judge him for is signing the ADA and the impact that not only had in the United States, but as I said earlier, how it ended up being uh, something that has impacted people in over 50 countries throughout the world. And I think... That is one of the, the major things as far as his legacy uh, that he will re- be remembered for, a wonderful, wonderful human being. Well, Tony, you've accomplished so much. I don't know how you're going to answer this, but I'm wondering with all these millions of accomplishments, congressman, chair of so many things, being on these boards, successful businessman, you know, what are you the proudest of today? My granddaughter, who is one years old, Sophia Rose. How did I know it would be something like Is that how old she is now? One, just a little over one year. She's a beautiful, beautiful young thing. And I'm about to be a grandfather in March 30th of next year. My second daughter, uh, actually she's the oldest, but my other daughter is having uh, a little boy in March, on March the 30th of next year. So uh, those two things are uh, what I'm most proud of. Two future presidents. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Two of them, yeah. They'll take yep. turns. That's right. Tony, what message would you like to leave with our listeners today? Uh, be believers. Speak up. Speak out. No matter what your disability is, you can make a difference, but only if you believe and only if you speak up and speak out. Well, we always end with a quote from a famous civil rights leader, and today it is from Tony Quello in a speech at the New York Law School where he said, Without work, we are doomed to fail. With work, we may still fail, but we at least have the dignity of trying to succeed for ourselves, says Tony Quello. Tony, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Joyce. Thank you very much, and uh, I hope all your listeners have a happy, happy holiday. Thank you, and to all of you, we'll see you next week on Voice America, where disability does matter. See you next week.
Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com.